Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. Today, my guest is Rachel McCord. Rachel has quite a story. She moved from Georgia to LA in 2009, and man, it has been a rocket ship of adventures and discoveries, personal and professional for her. Um, Man, I'll just give you a small sampling of the amazing things she's done. Started her business within a year of moving to LA, launched her first company, a second company the next year later, sold her first company uh, three years after that, started two more companies in the preceding years. She became a leader of host in major events for big brands, uh, doing events at Coachella and Disney, all this business stuff. In addition to the crazy stuff she's been a part of, she's been named the best dressed celebrity by Cosmopolitan, Glamour, Vogue, more magazines like this. She's a major influencer on Amazon Live, which if you don't know, has become a massive new thing these days, has a fashion and beauty class, uh, and gets some serious business done. In fact, I can't give you the details, but she just shared with me, because I don't have all the details, that they just sold a TV show and are in the process of building and launching, and she's a part of a TV series. So this powerhouse is doing a ton of things. But what you're going to love, I think, what I love is hearing the story, because I've had the chance to know her and see some of her journey for years. And she just keeps learning and adding skills and projects. Uh, Buckle up for a wild, wonderful, high-energy ride with Rachel McCord. Rachel, it is super fun to talk with you again. We've gotten to hang out a handful of times over the years. I met you through your husband, Rick, who is awesome and was just the episode last week. So super fun that to do you both. And this is cool because um, I, I think this is a first for me. I don't know that I've done like two independent conversations with uh, a married couple. And it's not because you guys are married. It's because individually, you're somebody I'd want to talk to anyway. So I've got like all these other questions for you. And we may or may not actually get around to the embarrassing Rick stories that we could do. So uh, we, we maybe we'll, we'll do some of those for bonus. Um, honestly, we could probably do a whole episode on fun and embarrassing Rick stories. Just swap notes. Like, Oh, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one yet. Uh, a thousand percent. He could fill a room. And I'm surprised there's anything left to say. Like my husband finishes a show and it's like, he's said it all. He's done it all. So I'm super honored to be here and I'm excited because I feel like it's so important to share our learnings and our journeys, our mistakes. Uh, the world and help them find hopefully an easier path. And in some ways, a more inspired, empowered and beautiful path. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, man, speaking of path, um, so I want to get into some of the cool stuff you're doing now, but man, you have had a bit of a journey. Uh, you certainly didn't start in the world you live in now, uh, geographically, the, the industry. I mean, it's, I don't want to say night and day, but it uh, maybe night and day. It's a pretty big shift that you've been through. Yeah, it's it's been wild. You know, I, I grew up on food stamps and trailer parks in Georgia and then found my way to Hollywood on TV shows. And, you know, I think that 
as my journey would have it, I never would have imagined I'd be doing this. And I didn't really want to do this. And I think in a lot of ways, that's why I feel like God's used me in my path. Because I think if you get into entertainment, because you desperately want to be on front of, in front of a camera yes. and in front of the world, you're, you're almost craving this adoration and, and affirmation that needs to come from somewhere else. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's been a, a plight for me, you know, there's this <laughs> challenge of being um, comfortable looking at myself on camera and listening to myself back and having all the critiques that any person would have. But I think part of it has been becoming an entrepreneur and realizing that no matter where you come from, no matter what you've been through, you can build the life you dream of. If you really put your head down, you do the work and you have a passion and belief that it's possible because I believe we all have a purpose. And I, even though where I started was not really what I thought my career would be, and it's not really where I imagined that I ended up today. Um, but I know it's where I was meant to be and I would never have known that had I not jumped on that path. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, my details are very different, but man, I, I remember growing up with not a lot of stuff and some couple of good relationships and then some parents that cared, but then wild ride. Yeah. So, okay. Let me, let me dig into that just a tiny bit. I don't know if I've actually asked you this before. What did you actually think you were going to do back in the day? You mentioned like this originally, I didn't want to do this. What did you want to do? I don't know if I've ever heard this. I'm curious. Yeah. So I was actually, um, starting my career at 13. I wasn't really supposed to, I had to like say in quotations, I was a little older, um, Mm -hmm. but I started working in the restaurant industry, moved my way up, got offered my own restaurant at 18, realized that I didn't want to do that because I had opened multiple different restaurants with that restaurant group and had realized this wasn't the path for me. So then I actually went into corporate and I thought I was just going to be a corporate girl. I really wanted a secure, stable career. I wanted the 401k. I wanted all the things. I didn't know what all of them were, but I knew acronyms like IRAs and 401k. So I was like, let's do this. I'm here for it. And and I got to say secure and stable, not exactly what you think of when you think like Hollywood and entertainment, right? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, you know, I think that, um, had I known how scary the journey would have been, probably (laughs) wouldn't have done it to be honest. But, you know, I thought I was doing my own pivot with it. My sister was an actress. She did, well, she still is, but she did 90210. And so that was what show had was coming out at the time. She just wrapped with Nip Tuck. And so she was experiencing a lot of press, a lot of attention, and she was very overwhelmed because we were very homeschooled. We were a a little bubble as, as kids. And so going to Hollywood and being in red carpets and, and gifting suites and award shows, it's just a freaky world. And even if you're equipped for it, which how are you ever equipped for it? It's still (laughs) overwhelming. Like if you look at the statistics of people in Hollywood dealing with anxiety and depression and, and how that impacts our culture because those are people who are leading our culture. So what I started out doing was actually being her assistant. And let me tell you, I don't recommend, do not try this at home. Don't be your older (laughs) assistant, no matter what, especially if you have an ego from corporate where you're like, Oh, I'm good at business. Uh, You're going to come fix her problem and make it all smooth. I've got this honey, sit down, let mama take over. (laughs) And then I'm like, Oh, you're, you're a lot. Like you're a, you're a whole lot, a whole lot, you know, sisters love that. I, I have found siblings love that attitude. They just love you being the parent fixing everything. They love it. They're like, yes, I'm a little broken bird and you know so much better, especially because you're younger than me. Bring it up. Oh, Oh, that's right. Then the younger sister fixing. That's yeah, smooth. Quite a journey, quite a journey. And then, you know, it became this a whole different thing. But now if I look at 
how I started the McCord list, which was my second company. That is this community of celebrities and influencers where my passion is really helping to empower them to take what they've built in influence and build successful lives and successful careers off of that. Because I think that that's a really important Uh piece of it, right? Like you have to feel the confidence to be able to believe in yourself, to get out of the bed. It's like that hierarchy of needs, right? Like you've got to start with where's my food, where's my water, where am I sleeping? And in entertainment, these could be questions, right? Like, yeah, it's not, seriously. like mom, is not just down the corner in case I get kicked out oh. from my boyfriend? You're definitely in a different scenario. So I think that being able to be into the entertainment business and being with these highly influential people, but just having a heart to love them and serve them. And then as they kind of get themselves off the ground in a lot of ways, because believe it or not, some of the most successful as celebrities that I've ever encountered, um, have really had some struggles on a heart level and being able to love them where they're at and encourage them and know that, Hey, you know what? My personal story isn't that crazy. I can actually share my story, which I didn't want anyone to know <laughs> as my yeah. sister's like plastering on the cover of cosmopolitan magazine. I'm like, that's okay. Like we don't need people to know any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, being able to actually use that testimony to be an impact and, and a help to someone else who just needs a little bit of hope. Um, and and then once they get there, helping them with their business. And that's where me and Rick really work together with different companies. And so it's just been this beautiful circle of, of fullness that I never imagined, but makes perfect sense at the same time. Yeah. I, I have the same feeling like this is not where I expected, but man, I can see how all those things come together to set me up so I can do the work I get to do today. It's pretty cool. All right. So let me, let me like double click and drill in. Cause there's a couple of things here. Fascinating to me. How like self-awareness is one of the the things I think is a big deal, right? And self-awareness that feeds into like a healthy inner life. I mean, we talk about this a bunch, you and I. So, I mean, you're it's succeeding. You didn't leave restaurant and corporate world because like they kicked you out, right? Like they kept offering and you're like, no, I don't think that's the right move for me. I don't think this is actually what I was made to do, even though it's working, right? So what triggered that for you? What helped you get that self-awareness when the world is saying, keep going. And you're saying, I think there's something different here. Yeah. I love that you asked that. I think, you know, it's, it's what I encourage my team every day. I'm like the first step to solving a problem is not actually identifying what it is. It's knowing that you have a problem at all. And right. Because how many times are they're like, well, you've already acknowledged like what that problem is. So you're halfway there. No, 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 no. So many times we live our lives and we actually don't see the tripwire. We don't see ourselves stumbling over the the darkness in the room. It's like, we've got to turn on the lights. And, you know, I think because of my childhood growing up in trauma, like I had, had a very strong self-awareness knowing that something was broken. I didn't know what it was, but she was not a fully functional. Right. So I actually started, um, I couldn't afford the book. So I would go to the library and rent. I have read over a thousand self-help books before I wrote my book on self-help for Hollywood, um, social media, but you know, that journey of learning, how do you challenge what is to get into something? What, what that might be. And I think for me personally, getting committed to feeling uncomfortable has always been my mission because I realized that, you know, if you're in a loop and you're on a merry-go-round and you've just been doing it for 10 years, 
you're probably going to be quite dizzy. Right. By the time you get off that horse, you're probably going to have wobbly legs and be yeah. a little lost in the mix, right? Yeah. So being comfortable in the uncomfortable is the necessary piece to move from where you are to where you want to be, to get off that loop, like Westworld, right? And to yes. pull you into a journey that you were designed to walk down. And so I think for me personally, I just knew it wasn't right. And it's a gut thing, right? And I, I believe that like I said earlier, I believe we all have a purpose and a mission. And, yeah, and so yeah. a lot of times we see in, in the physical world, we experience roadblocks, but on a spiritual level, we can experience just like some, some vibe that just doesn't feel right. Yeah, so yeah. I always encourage you like, Hey, listen to that. Cause one of my favorite Ted talks, I think it was, um, the guy asked, I can't remember his name right now. I'm I'm so sorry, sir. But he raised, he's like, Hey, re raise your hand. If you've ever had a gut feeling, you didn't trust it. Mm -hmm. And then you said, like, did you ever regret that? No one ever regrets trusting their gut. And so for me personally, I just allowed my heart to really lead me on the journey and just knowing if something doesn't feel right, you don't have to force it. Yeah. I think that's so good. Cause it's, I, I, myself and a lot of people I've worked with have, um, like, Oh, I mean, all the numbers are stacked up. My gut must be off, but like honoring that giving, giving yourself the space and the seriousness to say, Hey, there's something here. Right. I, I think it's funny the way you said it. It's like, I know something's wrong. I don't have the names for it yet. I have to confess. There were times where I've been like, listen, until I can explain it, it doesn't have valid validity. Right. Like it doesn't count until I can put words on it and explain why it's there. It's so true that our gut is often three steps down the road farther than our brain is logic wise. Like, yeah, it's, it's real. And I can't resist a little neuroscience fun geek. I just recently read a book about this talking about reading books where it talks about, there's actually a ton of our nervous system, like brains, neurons that aren't just in our head. They go all down and literally in our gut, like physically, it's not a one-way communication. There's two-way communication from the brain to the gut and gut to the brain. And um, there's a lot more information going on than just the analytical aspects that we can do up here in the prefrontal cortex. So that's Absolutely. really, it, it, so in another way, it's almost being full-brained, right? Like, yes, I'm not going to shut off this analysis, but but I've got other inputs coming in and they might actually have some meaning themselves. So really cool. Okay. So listening, trying, and then kind of almost accidentally, like, Hey, I'm going to apply this business corporate structure to my poor sister who needs help. Right. Um, <laughs> how did there's another shift in there because you didn't stay behind the camera, right? How did you get from, from I'm helping her with her career to actually launching your own entertainment career? Yeah. So it's such a funny story. And I feel like it's one of those stories that you, um, that you hear about and it kind of annoys you naturally because <laughs> you are passionate about the entertainment industry. What I'm about to say, warning, this comes with a warning. It's going to be annoying, yeah. but I genuinely was on set with my sister cause I was supporting her. And then I would be vibing with all the writers and all the producers. And, and uh, then they'd be like, Oh my gosh, you just need to ab live into this film or, or we just want to put you into this. So I started getting these these opportunities in entertainment. And to be honest, they never felt quite right if they ever tried to script me. So if someone ever handed me a script and like, hey, say this, do this, all the things, I was just like, I can't do that because you know it's hard enough for me to figure out finally at this point in my life who I am. Yeah. I'm not trying to confuse her. You know, we That's we're like right. Let's say whole body, like we were talking about before, uh, right? Like uh, let's listen to ourselves. That's not me, whoever this character is that you've written. So uh, 
no, thank you. So, um, so what I realized along the way was that actually creating, creating someone else was not for me, but being myself really was. And I think when I realized that I could help people at scale, I got so much more interested in it. Mm. I started realizing that, you know, in the, in the course of a lifetime, how many conversations can I have? How many phone calls, how many business meetings, how many stages can I speak on? At some point, it doesn't matter how smart you are. You have 24 hours like everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. And I personally believe that every day is such a gift. You're also, you're almost on this journey where like, Hey, what are we doing today? Like, what are we taking on? What, what can be done to make the world a little bit better, to make everybody's lives a little bit better. And so to be able to merge, uh, this passion that I had for sassy self-help, I didn't yes. want to be another like namaste, come in my <laughs> people. Like I was like, no, I, I, like I read those books. That's annoying. That's all mm-hmm. external fixing. I want to get into the jugular. I want to get uh-huh. into the dirt and be like, what's really going on? Because let me tell you, if you are experiencing ex- a pain, depression, anxiety, panic, troubled relationships, failed marriages, and, and a cycle, there is something blocking you. There is an emotion that needs to be in motion so that you can release it and you can move forward. And so if I get an opportunity to sit down with one person, one person and speak to them, then I have done what's important for me in this mission of life. And when I set out to do this, my husband really challenged me because he said, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, what? Like I had always just, I'd started my first company because I had worked in events, entertainment. I opened a venue at, at, um, at the when in Las Vegas. So I was kind of in this space of, um, always trying to climb a ladder. And that's kind of where you'll see in my career, you'll always kind of see, oh, like there's like this evolution in the beginning of my career. And to be honest, until very recently, maybe the past three years when I had this insane faith encounter, like I was just trying to run from my past Mm. and prove to someone, i.e. myself, but I thought it was everybody else that I was good enough, that I was not that trailer park girl that I had known that I was good enough. So as long as I kept quote unquote advancing in the space of success related to finances and career, then I was good enough to be loved. And so it wasn't until I started challenging that thinking, right? That loop that I just talked passionately about. That was my loop for a long time. (laughs) I was really good at that loop. And so for me, I had to challenge it for myself, which is why I had to go into this new season and say, Hey, you know what? What's really important for me is that I actually transform my life so that I can go and help others. And so when Rick asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to do sassy self-help. What I was really trying to find was this path where my voice mattered. And I didn't think it did. And he said, well, Rachel, if you could take five people in the course of a career that you launched this five people off the floor of depression, which is where I physically felt my depression manifest itself, would they be worth it? Are you kidding me? Five whole people? Yes, absolutely. And so what I love is that I've been able to create purpose from what I felt like was inefficient pain. (laughs) I was like, I don't like the pain that I've dealt with. So it's inefficient to me. So how can, how can we get rid of that? Right. Uh And and so, so actually to make a purpose for it, to actually be able to, to do something better, um, for myself, which makes the world one person better. Um, and if that, if that was the best I could do like finding a way to be good with that, but being able to 
to take that and expand it beyond and also into business where people find the um the support for their families they have they're able to put their children through college they're able to pay their rent they're able to do the 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 maslow's hierarchy right that stuff that really matters like then it became more tangible and so that has been just such a fun process of my career i i love that there's so much we could play with in there but i i one i'll jump on right away that whole idea that our pain that we keep trying to avoid, um, man, bring it to God, bring it to people. It can usually be repurposed into some really powerful stuff. Uh, my, my, what I do now, leadership training, consulting, organizational strategy, blah, blah, blah. Right? All that came because I started working for these, there's a series of jobs. Uh, some were great. Some were not. I was in the nonprofit space. I'm thinking I'm going to make a difference in the world and do noble things. And, and a few of these bosses were really, really nice guys and really, really bad leaders. Um, I mean, they, I like them to this day. I would still call them friends, but, but, but it, like outside of work, awesome. And they were jerks. Like they didn't like shout and, you know, punch me in the face, but that the decisions they made, there was the guy who, who couldn't make call and like left everybody with unclear. What are we doing? The guy who tried to micromanage everything. And I'm all to say it was honestly like I nearly lost my job in one of those scenarios because I thought I was on the right path and he didn't communicate and all this nonsense. I, wow. it, it was trauma. It, I lost friends uh, over the tension around it. Um, and out of that pain of like me shaking my fist going, like, God, it's not right that the, the mission's held back for bad leaders and somebody ought to be doing something about this. And just kind of felt like God was elbowing me the whole time. Like, like you, you need to do something about that. <laughs> somebody should do something, right? Like, oh, I, I could be somebody. I could yes. actually make a difference here. And that, that, that revelation, again, the details are different, but it so resonates with me. What you're saying is this thing I kept saying, if somebody would just fix this, this pain is not on my plan, right? I've got a plan uh, and it doesn't include me having these issues. Oh, because can I confess, one of those really bad leaders turned out to be me. Um, I actually have a whole book called How to Fail as a Leader with just like eight chapters on all my bad leadership. Like, and then I wrecked this. Don't don't do that one. (laughs) But you know, it's funny what you were saying, because when you were taught, I love what you just said and about your book. I think it's so interesting because when you were talking about the leaders and I was like, oh man, I was having so much compassion for what you went through. And then I was like, literally feeling kind of convicted because I was like, man, like, how many times have I been that person? And, you know, I think also like when you become a leader and you get a platform, you start to have to hold yourself accountable, right? You get to the place where you're like, like, it's one thing to go on a stage and be like, everybody, let's get off the merry-go-round. But then you like start looking at your life. You're like, oh man, I got a lot of merry-go-round. I'm getting off this merry-go-round and getting to that one and that one. Listen, let's be real. Yesterday, I had a strategy meeting with my own staff and one of the, the many items, we're crushing it here and great job there and here's a new strategy. But one of my items was, well, guys, I just finished teaching another one of our client companies that they should do this system. And I got off stage and realized we don't do that system. Like crap, maybe just for my own integrity sake, can we do the thing that, and they're like, oh yeah, that is a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's by far the thing that has pushed me to lead and and be a better human is the more I try to help others. The parenting, right? You you guys have a kid in the you know, growing up. My kids are one stage ahead age wise. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, 
oh crap, maybe I should get that sorted before I give him the lecture. It's, it's the real deal, man. But I think the best way to grow in an area is to step up and try to help teach it. Um, okay. So I want to skip down the road before we do this, because you have had so many adventures. There's a couple of transitions I'm going to skip, but today, yes, you, you've got celebrity status and media talks about you and all the fun stuff, but we had this conversation where you talked about how for a while you actually kind of tried to keep secret the primary role you play, which you've eventually owned to that. Like you run the businesses now. You and your husband do all sorts of stuff. When it comes to like, who's going to make sure this machine actually operates, the trains show up on time, we actually hit our numbers, the team is good. Like, that's really you. And again, there's this gap, right? Hey, here's Celebrity Girl. Um, we that's not you don't run businesses, right? You're you're the you're the face, and somebody else does the dirty work, right? Actually, you roll up your sleeves pretty well and make it happen. So. What are a couple of the key things you've learned as the boss? Yeah, I appreciate the the um the encouragement and also the um the question. So, I think the first thing for me was about simplifying everything because I think when we get into business, especially if we feel a little bit overwhelmed, which I have many times in my in my career, Right. We, we kind of want to just throw everything out on the table, like, oh, like throw all the spaghetti on the wall. And that is absolutely crucial in the brainstorm phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there comes a time of transition, which I feel like is the, the title for this zone, right? We're all talking about transition. Um, there is a time for transition where you really have to say, yeah, we could do all of these things, but what are we doing? What do we need to do? And how do we do that? So a big thing that I learned from the burn, as I like to call it, when it doesn't work, you learn, um, was that a lot of times we were getting on these conversations and I was having a hard time just saying directly, Hey Scott, could you grab that from me? Would you mind? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Could could you just give me a due date of when we could expect that realistically? You can always update me as you get into it if you have questions or if you think we need to push that out. But what's a, a good date to put on? And then you put that down as the task, the description, the assignee, and the due date. And you hold yourself and your team accountable for that. And so I think that that's been a huge thing because part of the process would be like, oh, you know what we should do? Elbow, elbow, elbow. We should like maybe do a deck. And, and everyone's like, yeah, we should. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, awesome. Next item is like, no, 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 no. And so now on every call, I'm Uh like, everybody's jumping to the next party train and we haven't landed this train. (laughs) Yes. yes. The the dangerous we, I I sometimes joke, it's the royal we, like, we should do that. No, by yes, we, we me, right? Yeah. Like, by we, I mean you. You need to stop that. <laughs> Let's be I'm, honest here. <laughs> I'm very good at that we, right? Like, we should clean this room, somebody. Yes, and point, can we point, have point. it done by tomorrow? I won't be back until I'd like for we to have it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, so I think being really clear about delegations, due dates, that really kind of boxes it into mm-hmm. this is what it is and this is how to do it. Uh, and then making sure that you're removing blockers. So that's where we go back to that problem. You've got to know you have a blocker before you can identify the blocker. What do you mean by a blocker? So a blocker could be that if I got on a call, let's say um, that spreadsheet that we're talking about with all those tasks, or we also use ClickUp. ClickUp is a a task management platform that I love to use because we do tons of different time zones and different worlds. We actually have a virtual team who helps us. And so we're 
always trying to pull everything in alignment and ClickUp is just such a clean way for us to do that at scale. But, you know, a blocker could be, I assigned a task. I thought you had it and I wasn't, I didn't see it by the next week when I expected it to be ready for my client call in 20 minutes and then it's not done. So then I would be like, Oh, Scott, remember when I very clearly said this time because I learned uh, that we need to have this by the 12th where is it? Or, you know, so you're kind of in that zone and Mm. then it's like, Oh, I didn't have the password. Okay. Well, that is a blocker that we need to identify. Right. So, so sometimes your blockers can be people, it can be process. It can be position, right? You think about the tractions. Like like if you have a person who is a a big idea, big thinker person, like my husband, and you try to put him in a due date and you're like, okay, Rick, well, I need it in a week. Love you. Here's everything. Here's the password. Give them everything. If that personality is not ideally put in that position, right, right. have the same friction. So the way that you identify blockers is that you, you keep a temperature on your business. Uh, my, I've struggled with this. A lot of clients that we work with struggle with this. Basically, like you basically try to delegate and then you almost like wash your hands of it. Like, yeah. okay, like we need this task done and you never think of it again. You never look at it again. Yeah, well, it's the that difference between delegating and abdicating, right? Like now it's not me that I, I checked my box. I'm done. Yeah. That, that yeah. has wrecked a lot of my projects. Um, yeah. It's wrecked a lot. Right. And another thing that we try is I played basketball as a point guard. And I always tell my team, we run on a philosophy of basketball. I will throw you the ball as much as I possibly can for the many times that you get it in the hoop. But if you're not getting the ball in the hoop or you're not tossing it to a team member who can get in the hoop, we have friction. We're not streamlined. So Mm. that means I can't throw you the ball. And so sometimes like people sometimes fire themselves, to be honest, when they work with me, because just realize that like they're not getting the ball isn't coming to them even. Right. So I think there's a communication process of like, Hey, look, like I, I want everybody. I genuinely want my team to work. Cause think about it. The better my team is, the better everything goes, right. The happier my clients are, the better our product is that the more relaxed I can feel. Right. So, so everybody wins when your team is winning, you've got to care about your teammate as much as you care about your clients. A lot of people are really focused on their clients and they're not thinking about their team. They're not thinking about how happy they are. Are they healthy? Is their family healthy? Because if you try to put all this pressure on them and you're not being a good steward of that relationship, then that's going to break down. They're going to burn out. And then you're really going to be in a, in a point of friction. So I think creating systems that streamline your business and, and organize it you are super important. And I also use Google drive. So our whole world's on Google drive and that creates instant collaboration, right? So it's so much better because I can delegate something and, and really see traction with that. Um, one last thing I know I'm kind of getting deep in it, but it's just because I've, I've worked so hard on building these processes because these are the things that I like literally keep me up at night. Cause sometimes I'm so excited about them <laughs> that I want to work on them to get them to my team. Um, but but can, like, can I just say that's not normal. Now <laughs> I understand some of why they're like, man, I gotta get to Rachel's level. Um, most of us are not doing that. So pretty cool. And I'm a total nerd. I'm I a want nerd. you to keep nerding out because one of my passions here is if we don't talk about how to actually do it, I don't care how motivated people get, right? If we, if we didn't give them these tactics, then, then honestly, we haven't helped anybody get off the floor. Right. So, okay. So keep going. Thank give, you. Nerd out one more time at least. Okay, cool. Well, um, well, 
I would say top docs are really important. So having a top doc, an alignment doc, and what that is, is basically for yeah. me, it's Google doc that's collaborative. And we have hyperlinks to everything you might use related to a client, related okay. to a project, related to a department. So for our creative team, we have a top doc where we drop in everything they might need. Here's Canva, here's this, here's that. And then when you have deliverables, putting it into a clear space. And if I can add one little bonus one, because you Come told on. me I could, you told Come me you're um, the last thing I would say is to the true last one on this is um, to build a brand like a skyscraper. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're in your mom's basement, if you're working out of your bed, I don't care. Your yeah. brand, your public brand needs to look like you are Disney needs to look like you are that dream brand because people trust good branding. Mm -hmm. So whether you have to go on Fiverr, which is a great platform to use and totally. find any person, right? Um, our agency, we do branding for clients and I, I see branding and I immediately think, I just see something different for it. I'm like, I want to see you at the level that I know that you are. And so many times people are prematurely judged because they did a clip art deck. The, the concept genius product yeah. genius leader, exceptional, but the branding doesn't represent the power of the brand. Yeah, so you it, don't get it becomes that a blocker, right? That at this point now the brand is getting in the way of who you are and your real stuff getting to the people who need it. A thousand percent, a yeah. thousand percent. Um, no, I, and I, I can just vouch. Uh, I know this one, the point of the call and you're not asking for this, but I, I have seen some of the great brand stuff you guys have done. It is world-class. It's an incredible feeling when somebody comes alongside you. I, I I've had this done myself and says, man, I see you. And here's the way to communicate that to the world here from, from simple things like a graphic to deeper things. Like here's the words and phrases that I hear on your heart. And you're like, that's what I've been trying to say for years. Like it's, it's an amazing thing to have a partner who can catch your heart and then then make it something tangible that others can play with. It's a, yes. it's a beautiful thing you guys do. Thank you. And the powerful thing you said is catch it because our job in branding and marketing is not to tell Scott, oh, you need to be all these different things. No, it's just to listen. It's the most important job that we have as leaders who serve clients or with customers who serve sale products. Yeah, yeah. We have to listen to what our clients are saying so that we can present the solutions that get them to where they want to be, not where you think they should be, right. not what you think would be better because sometimes there's a phase process. Like sometimes you got to really warm them up to the concept. Mm. Maybe you drop something dramatic and it's like futuristic and okay. maybe it's absolutely accurate. But if they just asked you to redo their logo, maybe you should calm down on the website, you know? So like <laughs> that journey is really important in whatever industry you are and whatever service you provide. I, you know what I love about this is we just went full circle because what you are doing for your clients is what you had to do for yourself first, right? You had to listen. You had to say, yes, I mean, there's all this pressure in this, this path that everyone's telling me to, but if something's not here and to catch your own heart. And then you're in entertainment. And even the way you got into it was like, I'm not trying to be somebody else. Don't let me play fake characters. I, who I am is all is, is what I'm going to try to figure out how to present to the world. And so what the journey you went on now in the most beautiful way, that's exactly what you do with your clients. You catch their heart and you help them say like, quit trying to pretend to be what you think you're supposed to be. What if you could just be an amazing version of really who God intended you to be? And it, like it connects the dots for me because I have seen the level you play at now, but 
Yeah, you don't slide into that. You don't drift accidentally. Like, how do you get people's hearts and communicate that clearly and show up with that? Well, I think what happens is, at least what you've done, is you do it yourself. And out of the overflow of that, that self journey, well, now you get to go back and be a guide and say to people, I have walked this road. Let me hold your hand. Let me put an arm around you. Let's walk this together. You can get to the other side, just like me. That's pretty amazing. That's so sweet. I've actually, I've done a lot of interviews. I've never have someone say that back to me, but I, you just did for me what we're talking about. How funny is that? Like <laughs> circle on circle, full circle. Yes. On circle. Um, and if I can say, I think the important thing for a lot of people to know, especially when you're starting off as entrepreneurs, maybe you're a stay at home mom and you're just thinking about getting into something you're passionate about. Oh. A lot of us feel that pressure right away that, you know, like I just put out the pressure on with the branding. We feel that pressure with the business. We feel like we need to go from zero to what you see someone is doing currently. But like you said, you have to come by that. Honestly, it is a process. You don't drift into it. You work, you learn, you grow into it. But I would say that you don't have to start off being like, how am I going to fund this? Like find funders and all this stuff. How are you going to find your first client is really what I ask, right? How do you find that first client? How do you figure out what is my nut that I need to make this month to provide for myself, provide for my family? So this is my budget whatever it is, then how do I get a client that I can work my butt off and do an amazing job for and hit that nut so that I can invest these 30 days and then maybe I'll get another month and another month. That's how you really build runway. And investors would much rather come to the party when the party's already moving. Yes, yes. When you're just walking out on the tarmac, being like, oh, I think I'll, I think I'll fly. It's like, no, get that plane some traction, get some movement and get it off the ground so that people can see see your vision and your purpose and your passion in a tangible way that shows results, demonstrates sales. And at the same time, those sales go right back into you as an entrepreneur, which is your first investment, right? And then the tools and platforms you need to be successful. Like we talked about the fibers, the ClickUps, the Google drives. And then obviously, as soon as you can, at least one person on your team who can start to be the yin for your gang and try to hire someone who's a little bit opposite to you in a lot of ways so they have your back. My husband and I are very opposite. Like we were talking about your wife, but as a result, we meet in middle ground. And I tell Rick, I can't do any brainstorming unless it's the weekend. Cause all week (laughs) I'm just plowing through driving. I I may ask my wife not to listen to this last few minutes. Cause um, (laughs) uh, I keep making her do brain. Yesterday she was in that strategy meeting and we sat through brainstorming, but she would probably, love that rule. So I'm like, now I've got a full integrity check. Do I share the cool thing with her? I probably will. Dang well, it. you'll love it at this time of the year because October, my birthday's in October. So October, November, December, like the last quarter, I always focus on what are we doing next year? Yes. So, yes. so there are some, there are some exceptions to that okay, rule. I, I will. Uh, that's, that has really, cause that's what we were doing yesterday is like, okay, Let's start thinking forward. What are we going to knock out for the, we got about two and a half months left, right? What are we hitting now that sets us up for the next chapter? So yeah, that, this is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, again, I, I feel like I could cherry picked just a small sample. I may have more conversations if I can convince you to come back. This I love has been that. super fun, Rach. 
Oh, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate it. And thanks to the listeners. You guys are so awesome. And I, I hope at least something that we've said has helped you on your journey. Cause that, that would be my greatest dream is that, that one of those five people are on the show right now and, and need support and, and, and find that you can find that, that we are all out there, no matter what you see on the outside, we all are connected. And that's, what's fun about our flaws and our loops and our carousels, right? We're, we're just in the messy journey together. So thank you for letting me be a part of yours. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at www.scottwozniak.com slash upgrade. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K dot com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long. And it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, you can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swazconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine.